section of state lines and boy the summer is flying by that's bad in some cases because here in the midwest we like to enjoy each and every day in the summer we get those long winters cold springs but there's one positive it means football is here training camps open throughout the nfl landscape my name is Jason Gotch. His name is Kevin Berger. We are here all season for you and also all around the calendar year with all the best sports and gambling information that you can find. Kevin, great to be joining you again. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited. The Chicago Bears are in training camp. And uh, what are some of your initial thoughts here with camp open up at Hallis Hall this year? Well, Jason, as you said, it's great to be back. Um, it, it's it's the best time of the year at this point. We're looking forward to training camp, but normally we're in that part where baseball starts to bog down a little bit. But, I mean, I've got the Olympics that I've been watching pretty much nonstop since the opening ceremonies on Friday. The U.S. has, per, has been performing pretty well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're under 50 days, I believe, until the regular season begins. So uh, I'm looking forward to just preseason football being back in general, despite what some people uh, would say about the quality of play. And even more importantly than that, Jason, I'm looking forward to HBO's Hard Knocks being back. That's literally my favorite show during the summer. <laughs> well, it's always an interesting program, no doubt about that. And, there's a change in format in the National Football League this year for all you fans who may have not been tuning in closely in the offseason with baseball going on. The NFL now has a 17-game regular season schedule. That's effective immediately. And only three preseason games. So they chopped the preseason game. They added one to the regular season. So that'll change a lot of the stats going forward because they've been based for so long on the 16-game schedule. And prior to that, to years and years and years ago, the generation ago, a couple generations ago now, actually, on the old 14-game schedule. So it'll be a lot harder. One thing to keep in mind, when you think about chasing that undefeated team throughout the regular season, nobody's been able to do that since the Patriots, and they could not finish it off in the Super Bowl. Uh, what was that, Super Bowl 42, where they lost to the Giants after the 2007 season? You're going to have to win one more now to go unbeaten throughout a regular season, 17 and 0, and then try and finish it off in the playoffs. Well, Kev, before we start talking about, yes, preseason football, the Bears, we're going to talk about their upcoming preseason game here on August 14th. That's a Saturday afternoon at the Soldier Field facility. The Chicago Bears will be playing host to the Miami Dolphins in their preseason opener. We'll give you the line and the total here in just a little bit. But before I do that, I want to get your thoughts here, Kevin, on the Bears uh, with training camp open. There's a lot of variety of ideas of what could happen for this team this year. Andy Dalton almost certainly will be the starting quarterback week one at the Rams on a Sunday night. Some believe the Bears have great potential this year. Maybe Andy Dalton catches fire. He's had some good years previously in his career in Cincinnati. Maybe the offensive line blocks a little better. David Montgomery breaks out, and that defense under new coordinator Sean Desai is the same unit we saw a few years ago when Vic Fangio was here. That's the optimistic side. The other side says... Uh, sooner rather than later, you're going to see Justin Fields, the superstar out of Ohio State, at least a college superstar. The Bears traded up for him in the first round. He'll be on the field sooner rather than later. We know history tells us that in the NFL over the last decade, if you draft a quarterback in the first round, almost certainly they see the field as a starter at some point in their rookie season. But if that were to happen for the Bears, most likely that means the team's not doing very well. Because if Dalton and the team's rolling, why would you bench him if they got a chance at a playoff spot or even better things? So I ask you, Kev, what's your outlook for this Bears team? Because it seems to be all over the map here as training camp opens. 
Well, I mean, Jason, that that that's honestly going to be part of my answer. Is it's all going to depend on how this team decides to play and and what Chicago Bears team shows up. Um, and I say that even more concerning the defense than it does the offense. I still don't think this offense is going to be very good, no matter who is at the helm at the quarterback position, because the fact of the matter is, is Jason, I don't think the talent the Bears have on offense is good enough to compete with the other with some other teams in, in the NFC, let alone for a Super Bowl contender. Um, this defense is going to have to step it up, Jason, because as I've talked about numerous times already, this defense was a massive disappointment last year. Um, Eddie Jackson, chief among which I'm on my mind, was a massive disappointment last year, so he needs to be better. Um, they let their Pro Bowl caliber cornerback, um, Kyle Fuller, walk for essentially nothing, and then sign someone who was our I think in my opinion worse than he is at his position just because they didn't want to pay him because of cap space um that all comes back to the bad the bad decisions they've made with the quarterback position bad contract um contracts so I think it's all going to come down to what this Bears team looks like this first couple weeks in preseason so this preseason Jason is going to be even more important for the Bears than it normally is because they need to try to find some talent on these other guys that are not that are not the traditional 53 that we're thinking about to help out this football team and I'm looking particularly at the rookies they drafted this year not just Justin Fields yeah, and the Bears, of course, trading up to get Justin Fields. So that means their draft was backloaded. They had to give up picks with the Giants to move up. So the Bears weren't able to completely restock that roster, except with some later round selections. Though over the years, Ryan Pace, as, as much as he is deserving of a lot of criticism for some of his moves over the years, he has done pretty well with some later round picks. I look at the Bears as a team that's kind of an enigma. I think they're probably going to be a 7-9 and nine anywhere from – or. Uh, maybe from 7-10 and 10 to 10-7. and 7. I don't think they're horrible. I don't think they're very good. I do know this. If Andy Dalton's your quarterback, having watched him for years in Cincinnati, you better block for him. And I don't know if that Bears offensive line has improved enough to block for Andy Dalton because there are certain guys in the NFL, and sure, the great ones we know, the Aaron Rodgers types, they can move around in that pocket under pressure and make things happen. But even some of the, the upper echelon quarterbacks that maybe aren't elite can do that. Andy Dalton's not that guy. You give him time, he's going to be really, really good. I, I promise you that, having watched him for years in Cincinnati. But if he's under a rush, he gets a lot of passes batted down at the line. He does not do a good job eluding the rush. So what really concerns me for this team is the offensive line and can they protect their veteran quarterback to start well, the year well Jason I mean that also comes down to the fact is Matt Nagy and the Bears offense actually going to be willing to commit to the run and run the football because that's something that helps out a quarterback right there is the ability to run the football and have your offensive line go forward and not go backwards and have to catch some of these elite pass rushers that the Bears will be going up against I'm thinking of two guys in particular number one is Zadarius Smith from the Green Bay Packers and the other one is oh yeah that guy um on the Rams that they the Bears now seem to play the Rams every single year uh that guy named Aaron Donald so are the Bears actually going to be willing and able to run the football because that's going to help out Andy Dalton right there is actually being able to have a somewhat consistent running game well nothing we've seen Kev over the first three years of Matt Nagy says he will ever commit to the run maybe maybe he'll change with Bill Lazor calling the plays this year but if you're asking me if I've got a lot of confidence in Matt Nagy I think the answer would be no but that's a very good point defensively Khalil Mack was raving at the start of camp about the new coordinator Sean Desai but we'll have to wait and see certainly the defense uh, last year did not perform the way Bears fans would have hoped 
Maybe it'll be different this year. Obviously, Eddie Goldman back after missing last yep. season. He opted out on the defensive line because of COVID concerns. But I do want to get to the game coming up. I know it's a couple weeks away here, Kev, but I want to get your thoughts. Uh, preseason betting is a lot different than betting in the regular season. The Bears are minus three against the Dolphins on Saturday August 14th at Soldier Field at noon. Uh, the total in the game is 34.5. The Bears are minus 150. The Dolphins return plus 130. When you're betting preseason, the way I look at it is I usually bet quarterbacks. I bet coaches. And I also bet the idea of teams, do they want to win this game? Does it really matter to them? And I think when you look at the Bears and Dolphins, you probably say, yeah, because the Dolphins are playing two at quarterback. The Bears are trying to get Dalton and Field some work. So both teams, I think, come into this game motivated and maybe some of the other teams around the NFL would for a preseason opener. Well, Jason, my answer to that is I don't think – I think if we're lucky, we'll see Andy Dalton for maybe a series in the first preseason game because, I mean, typically – the um, starters, they usually don't get a ton of reps until the second or the third preseason game. I realize that's gonna that timetable is going to change a little bit because we have one less preseason game now. But, I mean, I think say we might see Dalton for a quarter. I think the first preseason game is going to be the Justin Fields show. And um, I don't – obviously, I don't claim to know Justin Fields personally, but I think we do know him well enough to know that he doesn't like to lose. So uh, I think him and a lot of these other rookies for the Bears and a lot of these other guys that are whether undrafted free agents or veterans trying to make a roster, um, I, I fully expect the Bears to come out and compete and try to win this football game because at the end of the day, these guys, are, they're professionals. They play to win. It's their job. And it's, it's not just a contract thing. It's a pride thing, too. These guys don't like to lose. So I would fully come out and expect the Bears to um, come out, punch the Dolphins in the mouth, and try to win this game. All right, so I'm, I'm reading you're on the Bears there, minus three, Kev. You're going to lay those points and go with the Bears. Yep. Yeah, I'll, okay. t I'll, take, I'll take the Bears minus three. Okay, I am actually going to go the other way on this one. I love to look at quarterback rotations for games like this, and I, I think it's a pretty even matchup at least – on paper when you look at the Bears and the Dolphins for this preseason game. But the Dolphins do have Jacoby Brissett, who's played a lot of football, started with the Patriots, uh, started with the Colts for starting, not a quarterback with the Patriots. He did start filling in, but he was the Colts starting quarterback the year that Andrew Luck retired. So with him and Tua on the roster, I could easily see uh, that duo making some noise here. Now that total's really low as well. So I'm not going to go with the total, but when I look at two evenly matched teams and I see one getting three, I'm just going to take the shot and say, I'm going to go the Dolphins, take the points plus three, uh, even money on, on the side there, minus 110. So I'll go Dolphins plus three. Now, Kev, the other big story, really the big story, obviously for Bears fans, the big story is that they're in training camp here. It's Jason Gotch and also Kevin Berger with you here on State Lines. But the other big story, really the biggest around the NFL, is Aaron Rodgers did report on time. He's going to be the Packers starting quarterback, at least for this year. Going forward, who knows what happens, but that doesn't really matter when we're looking at gambling for this year. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers reunite for one more season. Uh, give me your thoughts on this team that went to an NFC Championship game last year. Obviously, they lost on their own field to Tampa Bay. Packers fans got to be breathing a sigh of relief because at least they'll have Rodgers for one more season in the fold. Yeah, and yeah, they should be breathing a, a, a sigh of relief that they have their quarterback, Jason. But this is still the same team that has not improved at all the last probably two, three seasons. For most of Aaron Rodgers' career, Jason, they have relied solely on him 
to make up the difference between the lack of talent between themselves and everybody else around them. And this is part of the reason why they were in this situation to begin with is because since 2014, Aaron Rodgers has played with one Pro Bowler on offense, and that guy is Devontae Adams. Um, he still doesn't have that solid of a run game. His offensive line are another year older, and they're still not that great. Their defense, in all honesty, is not that great. But when you have to go up against offenses like the Bears, the Lions, and the Vikings twice a year, of course your defense is going to look fantastic. But then when they went up against a real offense like Tampa Bay, they got shredded. So if I'm a Packers fan, which thank God I'm not, um, Jason, I'm I'm not – feeling any better now than I was at this time last year because the fact of the matter is this team still has not done anything significant to to for me in my mind to improve their chances of winning a Super Bowl all right Kev does not sound very high on the Packers I'm going to take a, a little bit of the other side on this and defend the Packers organization a bit because you mentioned Devontae Adams Kev is a really good player but they had Aaron Jones on the roster last year and in previous years and Aaron Jones ran for over a, a 1100 yards last year and I think you're selling that Packers offensive line short a little bit because over the years they've done a really good job protecting Aaron Rodgers now the defense at times very spotty I, I'll give you that but it, it, this is not Tom Brady with the Patriots when you get a bunch of no names out there and he's taking that team to Super Bowls you got Devontae Adams and you got Aaron Jones and a good offensive line you got more than a lot of teams do in the NFL but do the do the Packers have a shot to win the Super Bowl this year absolutely one thing you got to keep in mind too I think from Aaron Rodgers' perspective he's playing for his next team I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Packer after this season uh, unless somehow they iron that out I, I mean Last year, you could look at that NFC Championship game and blame the defense. You could also say Aaron Rodgers had plenty of chances in the second half, and he didn't get it done. But he's playing his audition for his next team, and I know there will be a pick of teams that want the guy, but he wants to prove the Packers wrong this year, especially if he thinks he's going to be out, and I think he will be. So I think the Packers are definitely in the mix in the NFC. It's hard to say that they're the favorite right now, but I certainly think they're the best team in the NFC North. And I think they got a great shot to go to the Super Bowl. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But, Kev, I know that when we started prepping for this show, we both put together some fun uh, team proposition bets. So I want to get to a few of those right now. Why don't you start off with one of your Packers ones for the audience? Yeah, so uh, Jason, I found one of I found one, and speaking of Devontae Adams, I'm glad I brought him up because this pertains to him. Uh, Devontae Adams receive um, gets over 23 and a half receiving touchdowns this season, plus a thousand. You know what? I'm going to take a chance on that one. And, you know, I'm not going to put a lot on it. I'll put 20 on it to go ahead and win 200 bucks. I, I will take a chance and say, yes, that the Packers, with Rodgers motivated, obviously Devontae Adams is thrilled to have him back. It's a longer shot bet. I'm not putting a lot on it, but I'm going to say, yeah, he has over 23 and a half touchdown receptions. What do you say? Um, I, I would actually take uh, the plus 1,000 as well, Jason, because, I mean, in the last three seasons, no receiver has caught more touchdown passes than Devontae Adams. So, I mean, those odds are already extremely good, and the numbers are in his favor. And let's not forget, Jason, that um, Devontae Adams, is this is a contract year for him. If I'm not mistaken, this is a contract year for Devontae M, so he's going to want to get paid, whether it's from the Packers themselves or someone else somewhere else. So I think he's going to be showing up this year. I think he's going to have a big, big season this year. And a reminder, too, one extra game, 17 games. That could be the difference between going over versus going under for Devontae Adams. Here's another one for you, Kev. We'll stick with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers. Sure. 
over 4,999.5 regular season passing yards and over 49.5 regular season passing touchdowns. This is a big long shot. It's plus 2,500. There's no return on the no. So it's yes or no bet. Yeah, I would uh, I would take it because, again, like you alluded to, Jason, I mean, they had the 17th game. And as you said, Aaron Rodgers is going to come out and he's going to want to play the best football he has um, possibly ever to try to prove a point to not only the Green Bay, but to the rest of the NFL. So um, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to throw for 5,000 yards because, again, I mean, he does have to play Detroit twice this season. So, I mean, he could probably pick up almost 1,000 yards right there if he really tries. So um, I will, I will, you know, I'll go ahead and I'll take the chance. I'll, uh, I'll maybe throw like fifty bucks down on that. Yeah, why not? All right, Kev is in. Aaron Rodgers have a big year. I think he's gonna have a big year, but that's a little too big a year for me. I'm gonna uh, save that money and use it on some of our other proposition bets. What else you got on your board there, Kev? All right, so moving out west um, a little bit, Jason. This is going. We're going to the desert, actually. Uh, this was one for Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins. Over 1,500 receiving yards, and J.J. Watt with over 10.5 sacks, plus 700. You know, normally I would take a shot on that, but I will pass. I do not trust J.J. Watt's health. He, he's he been injured too much. I trust the DeAndre Hopkins part of it because I think Kyler Murray is going to find him a lot this season. But I don't trust J.J. Watt to stay in the lineup to get those sacks. So I will pass on that one. How about you? Yeah, that was something that was similar in my mind as well. Because, Jason, I think the last time J.J. Watt was fully healthy was probably the last time that Cam Newton was healthy. And I can't even tell you the last time Cam <laughs> Newton was healthy. So um, I will I will pass on that one as well for that exact reason. All right, let's stick one more with the Packers from my end. Green Bay to be the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. That is plus 700. What do you think about the Packers to win the NFC at plus 700? No, because this guy named Tom Brady exists in Tampa Bay. <laughs> All right, short and sweet. Uh, I don't, you know what? I, I'm, I'm almost, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw down 50 to win 350 because I think it's so hard to repeat, although Tom Brady has proven us wrong with that philosophy or me wrong so many times. I just think Tampa Bay, a little Super Bowl hangover, and I like the Packers more than I like teams like the Saints, Rams, and 49ers. So I'll take a shot. I'll throw 50 to win 350 on on the Green Bay Packers uh, to win the NFC this year. We come back. We got a couple more of these fun team proposition bets. We're also going to look at some of the first week lines for real games not the preseason games but some real games and also fewest wins in the nfl that's on the board <laughs> who is it gonna be the bad teams the toilet bowl teams they need their just do this time of year hope springs eternal so we'll talk about the bad teams as well he's kevin berger i'm jason gotch at state lines back after this former white Sox pitcher and announcer ed farmer was thrown the biggest curveball of his life when he was told the only thing that could save him was organ donation. My brother Tom, he's the guy that gave me my life back because I was dying. Three more days, I was going to be gone. Ed lived nearly 30 years because of the kidney donation. His legacy will live on through the White Sox and this life-saving program. Join the Illinois Secretary of State's Organ Tissue Donor Registry. I always say heaven knows you can't take them with you. Welcome you back to State Lines. We get the best gambling and sports information out there. NFL training camps are here. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. We're as excited as you are 
that football is right around the corner for real, and the preseason stuff is pretty much on deck, especially with training camps, as I said, open. Now, Kev, when we finished up this last segment, we were going through some fun team future proposition bets, and you did some great research for this program. I know you got some other bets on the board or some propositions. Why don't you fire through those for us, because I'm anxious to hear them. Yeah, Jason. So um, I'll start with a, a rookie one. Um, this is uh, this is pertaining to Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence to to break the rookie passing records for passing yards, which is four thousand three hundred seventy five, and to throw thirty two or more touchdowns is plus one thousand. Wow. I'm going to say no. I'm going to keep my money on that one. It just seems too ambitious for me. I think Lawrence is going to start, obviously, week one. As long as he healthy, he's healthy, he plays 17 games. The Jags are not very good, so you got to factor that in when you analyze the numbers that Lawrence is going to throw up there. And you also got to think about the fact that is he going to stay healthy for 17 games? you got a new coach in Urban Meyer, who's had a lot of success in college, never coached a game in the NFL. And that division is one that I think is really top-heavy because you think the Titans are going to be pretty good. I actually think uh, the Colts are going to do okay with Carson Wentz and Frank Reich reunited for this season. But the Texans are bad. The Jaguars are pretty bad, too. So you don't you don't look at it as a really easy division. It's not great, but it's not easy. But, no, I'm not going to take that chance. I'm going to go ahead and keep the money, and I'll say Trevor Lawrence doesn't get both those milestones. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same the same thing as well, Jason. I was thinking he might be able to throw for over 4,300 yards, but I don't think he's going to be able to find the end zone 32 times because, as we know, the NFL defenses, they're very good at picking up on tendencies of different quarterbacks and offenses. So I, I think they'll be able to get him figured out, and I don't think he's going to be able to find the end zone 32, 32, 33 times. All right, proposition bet number two. Number two, um, we'll be going a little bit west to uh, my favorite team to make fun of. Also, the team that's going to be featured on HBO's Hard Knocks this year, the Dallas Cowboys. How about the uh, Cowboys? Exactly. Um, so this is one that's a little bit long, long-winded, Jason. So Dak Prescott, thirty-two and a, over 32 and a half touchdowns, passing touchdowns, that is. CeeDee Lamb records over 81 and a half re- regular season receptions. And Ezekiel Elliott um, gains fifteen hundred and a half rushing and receiving yards combined, plus six fifty. No, will not bet it for one reason. A guy you didn't mention, Mike McCarthy. I do not trust him as a head football coach at all. He did a terrible job in Dallas last year, and I don't think he's going to get the most out of that team. So for those to hit, I think if I trusted McCarthy, I would probably say yes. But I don't think it's going to be a great year for the Dallas Cowboys, so I'm going to stay away from that bet. Um, I also don't think that Ezekiel Elliott is going to be able to gain enough yards this year, um, Jason. I mean, we obviously know he has the talent to do so. Ezekiel Elliott hasn't exactly been healthy the last year, season or two, so we're going to see what kind of a shape he's in. So I will go ahead and I will say no as well. Um, now the final one, and I know this is one that you were, uh, that I think you saw this before the show. Uh, so this is going with the Baltimore Ravens. Justin Tucker does not miss a field goal during the regular season. Plus 2,800. This is one of my favorite ones on the board, Kev. Great minds think alike to bring this one to the show. On the surface, it looks like a ridiculously horrible bet. 
But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw. You said it was plus 2800 Plus 2800 I'm going to throw $2,500. $2,500. I wish it was $25. <laughs> you know what? We play this show. We play this tape back. And Justin Tucker does this, and I'm going to regret not throwing the 2500 bucks because I would be so darn rich. I would be hosting a, you know, a party for our entire staff to do it and build our own studio. But in reality, I'm going to throw 25 bucks down on this to win 700 Because if you look at it, it's probably not going to happen. But it's not that far-fetched. In 2020, Tucker missed three field goals. In 2019, he missed one. In 2018, he missed four. In 2017, he missed three. And in 2016, he missed one. So is he probably going to miss a field goal? Yeah, because there's going to be a time that John Harbaugh is going to say, I'm going to try that 56-yarder into the win with one second to go in the first half because my guy, if everything goes right, might hit it. So it's almost certainly not going to happen. But for me, it's worth 25 bucks to win 700 when I look at how close this guy has actually been to going through a season not missing a field goal. I mean, for God's sake, Jason. I mean, I think it, for me, it would probably even be worth to throw a hundred dollars down. If it means I could get almost three grand in return, I'll take that. <laughs> um, also, Jason, what I just uh, found, and also I just want to throw this one out here quickly: Aaron Donald to break the regular season sack record over twenty-two and a half sacks plus twenty-five hundred. Uh, no, I'm going to stay away from that one unless Brett Favre's out there taking a dive like he did for Michael <laughs> Strahan to break the record. I don't think that that one's going to happen. What an artificial record. that! And I love Brett Favre. I'm a Bears fan off the air, but I admire what that guy brought every single game. That guy is an absolute warrior. But that one time, Brett Favre, what are you doing? You're the ultimate competitor. You take a dive so Strahan can break the sack record. Unbelievable. I'll say no on that one. What do you think? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say no. Cause I, I mean, I, I actually, oh God, I can't use words. Um, so Aaron Donald, I believe Jason, I believe his, um, record or his personal record for sacks in a season, I think is at like 17 and a half, like 16 and a half, 17 and a half. Um, yeah, so, I mean, last year he had 13 and a half. The season before that he had, oh, God, where is it? Oh, yeah, so he had 20 and a half in 2018. But, I mean, that's the closest he's, he's at. Then he had 12 and a half, 13 and a half. So I don't think he's going to be able to get two and a half more sacks than that just because, I mean, everybody just throws three guys at him and just tries to make him as much of a non-factor as possible. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. I, I look at this and I say one time he's been close to that, and you have to think of the double – and the triple teaming that they are going to do on the lines, uh, on the various offensive lines that play against Aaron Donald this year. It's State Lines. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Before we get to a few week one NFL game lines, we've done some on previous shows. We're going to throw some other teams in the equation. Here's a fun one, Kev. I Look, I love talking about the bad teams. I really do. They don't get their just due because the bad teams in the NFL aren't like baseball or the NBA or hockey. They're, they're, those teams are really boring. The bad teams in the NFL are fun because you can you can study them and see how many mistakes they've made over the years to get to that point how these teams never seem to get the quarterback position correct how these teams make so many bad moves in the draft I mean you you look at it and you say okay 
I cannot believe that this team is this bad at running the organization. <laughs> and we're, we're going to go ahead and give you some of these here. Here's a perfect one. The Houston Texans are the favorite to have the worst record. They're plus 250 for this. How many years did we see Bill O'Brien in the playoffs just absolutely tank it and say, boy, the Texans need a change. They absolutely need to get rid of this guy. And they didn't do it. And they finally did in the middle of last season. And now they've got a new coach. You've got, you have no idea what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson with the off the field stuff, the accusations against him. So the Texans are a little bit of a, a little bit of a different case here because they actually do have the quarterback. The question is, is the guy off the field going to be able to, you know, whatever, however that sorts itself out, will he be able to be on the field this year? But the Texans are plus 250. I mean, the Lions are the Motor City Kitties for a reason. They're the lie downs for a reason. They're plus 350. They got a new coach in Dan Campbell. They've got Jared Goff at quarterback now. I mean, the Lions are the Lions. They're almost always bad. I mean, this is a team that was 0-16 in 2008, made the playoffs a couple of times with Jim Schwartz and once with Jim Caldwell. But other than that, they've, they've been pretty bad since that 2008 season. Uh, the Bengals actually do have their quarterback, but Zach Taylor as a head coach leaves a lot to be desired. The Lions are plus 350. The Bengals are plus 750. I mean, the Jets, one of the worst teams over the last 50 years in the NFL, they're plus 800. The Raiders are plus 1,100. The Eagles are plus 1,400. The Jaguars actually getting some respect here, plus 1,400. They're not the, the favorite to be the worst team. And the, the Giants, plus 2,200. Uh, the Panthers and the Bears are actually plus 2,500. So every team's on the board here, Kev. I just threw out the odds for some of them. So if you got somebody else that you're thinking about, but who do you think is going to have the fewest wins in the National Football League in 2021? Well, um, Jason, I, I can think of two teams in my mind I think could definitely be up there. Uh, number one is going to be the Jets because, I mean, number one, as you said, Ever since uh, they had the one shining moment of glory with Joe Namath, they've, they've virtually been the laughing stock of the NFL, um, with the exception of possibly the Lions. I know they did have those couple seasons in the mid-2000s under Rex Ryan with Mark Sanchez where they made it to back-to-back -back AFC championship games, but those days are long since past. They play in, in one of the toughest divisions in the NFL, I mean, because they play against the Patriots. They have to go against the Bills twice in a season. Um, the Dolphins are better. So I definitely think the Jets could be one of those teams that's just going to be, uh, I'll put it this way, hot garbage is the way I think I will describe it. Um, and then the other team for me is the Houston Texans. Because then you say that they have the quarterback. I mean, Jason, all for all indications for the entire summer, the Texans do not want Deshaun Watson anymore. They, 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 they've moved on from him in all but contract only, the fact that he's still on the roster. But they don't know if, like, the, the outside sources don't even know if he's actually going to suit up and play because they don't want him to possibly get hurt if he's ever cleared of the charges that are, that are pending against him. Because um, that would obviously demoralize his trade value. J.J. Watt's no longer there. Jadavion Clowney's long since gone. Brian Cushing's been retired. Jonathan Joseph's not there. And then they traded a top five receiver in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins, for essentially nothing. They they, they got nothing in return for him. So the, the Texans are bad. The Jets are bad. And also, again, this is more of a troll third can never put it past the Dallas Cowboys to be bad because no matter how much talent they have, they always seem to screw it up because it's what the they're the Dallas Cowboys and it's what they've done for over 30 years.
That is a good one to look at. Certainly, they were terrible last year. The Cowboys actually are plus 10,000 to be the worst team in the NFL. So you could go ahead and bet that one, Kev, and even put a little bit down and make a lot of money. But that's I'll throw 50 bucks on it. Yeah, 50 to win 5,000. That, that'll buy a few beers at the bar. No doubt about that. <laughs> Pay for my rent for a couple of months. Exactly. Exactly. And the Texans, you make some really good points there about the Texans, too, because you do look at that roster and the quarterback. I mean, if it's not going to be Deshaun Watson, it's probably going to be Tyrod Taylor. And we've seen the Tyrod Taylor show in Buffalo and in San Diego, San Diego slash L.A. Chargers. It's, it's not very good. So, yeah, that that the, the Texans certainly are in the clubhouse here. But I'm, you know what? I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick two teams. I'm going to go. I, I think I'm with you on the Jets. I think that's a tough division. I think the Patriots will be better. I think the Dolphins are actually pretty good. And the Buffalo Bills, I think, are really good. So the Jets have a tough division. So I'm going to say the Jets. Put a little bit on the Jets. And I'm going to put a little bit, too, on the Las Vegas Raiders. It has not gone the way John Gruden expected it to go with that team. You're in a division with the Chiefs. I think the Chargers actually have some potential this year. I mean, you think about what they did uh, last season. They actually, I think, surprised a lot of people with the way Justin Herbert played. And then you go and you look at a team like the Broncos. Could they be a little bit better, too, with Vic Fangio? Maybe at the defensive level. I'm not a big believer in Drew Locke. But, yeah, I'll throw a little bit on the Jets. I'll throw a little bit on the Raiders. And I'll say uh, one of those teams will have the worst record in the NFL in 2021. Now, let's go ahead. Before we get out of here, let's look at some actual game lines for week number one. The Lions are getting seven and a half. The total's 45 and a half. They're plus 290, hosting the 49ers, noon start central time. Niners minus seven and a half. Total, as I said, 45 and a half, but the Niners are minus 380 on the money line. Any thoughts here on week number one of the National Football League? Dan Campbell with his debut as the head coach of the Lions. Well, the 49ers most certainly will be starting Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback for Kyle Shanahan's team. Ugh. Um,. I mean, Jason, in order to pick the game to win, I will definitely say the 49ers will be the ones to win. Um, I also think that they're going to be over. I think they're going to win definitely by more than um, a touchdown. So I think they'll win by at least two scores. So I guess I, 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 don't, I don't really think I can take the spread there either. Um, so honestly, I kind of want to pass on most of these. Actually, you know what? No, I will take, I will take the over on 45 and a half total for the game. Cause I think the 49ers are going to come out and definitely score some points. Um, but the money line's not really worth it for me because again, I think the 49ers are going to win anyway, minus 380. I don't think that's very good odds. And, um, the spread, I don't, it's not worth it for me either. So I will just take the over on that game over 45 and a half. Kevin on the over of 45 and a half for 49ers at the Lions. I am on. Yes. Roar. Lions roar. Plus seven oh, and a God. half. They've got, they get, don't laugh. The Lions at Ford Field at times have, have shown that they can rise to the occasion and cover a spread that's over a touchdown when they're getting those points. So I, I think the Lions find a way to keep it within seven points. So I'm going to take the Lions here. I love home dogs in the NFL. Uh, John Spataro, our executive producer and uh, sometimes host of this program, knows I love the home dogs in the NFL. Give me the Lions and Jared Goff getting seven and a half. They'll be motivated in Dan Campbell's first game. All right, here's one for you. The Chargers plus one at the Washington football team. The total's 44. If you want the Chargers, it's minus 125. And the Washington football team returns plus 105 if you want to bet them to win. What do you think of this one? 
Um, well, I will take uh, the plus. <laughs> I'll take the plus one on the Chargers there. Uh, oh, actually, no, no. Yeah, I'll take the plus one because I think the Chargers are definitely going to come out and win this game, um, Jason. So I, I guess I'll take the minus one twenty-five because I, I firmly am a firm believer in Justin Herbert. I really like what he's got going on out there in um, L.A. Um, the over-under, I think that's actually going to be, like, right spot on. So, I guess, you know, I'll take the over on the over-under as well. I'll say they'll I'd say they'll probably combine for about 50 points because, I mean, Washington, they can definitely score a little bit. L.A. can definitely score. But I will take um, the over and the Chargers to outright win the game at minus 125. Okay, this one, I'm actually going to, you know, I, this is a goofy line. I know I read it fast, Kev, but this is one of the goofier lines I've ever seen. The Chargers are minus 125. The, the The Washington football team is plus 105, but the Chargers are getting a point at minus 120. So you're getting a gift here as far as laying uh, the 120 and then getting the point. So I'm just going to take the Chargers uh, plus the one, minus the 120, and I'm going to stay away from the total. I think the Chargers actually have a chance to be a real good uh, real good team. One of the stories that I think it was missed a lot because it's West Coast football, maybe a lot of people didn't pay attention. Uh, Justin Herbert, I think, was the biggest surprise for me as rookie, as far as rookie in the NFL last year. He, he started early. He played really, really well, and I didn't expect that from him coming out of college that quickly. So I think the Chargers actually have their quarterback, and I think they're the better team here, and they're getting a point on the road, so give me the Chargers. One more before we clear out of here, and it's one that should be interesting for Bears fans because the Bears are actually going to play both these teams this year. Uh, the Vikings in the jungle, Paul Brown Stadium, noon uh, central time start to play the Bengals in the opener for both teams. Since he's plus three here, the total's 48.5. The Bengals are plus 140. The Vikings are minus 160. Of course, the Bears and Vikings are in the same division. They play twice. But the Bears host the Bengals in their home opener in week number two. And those teams only meet every fourth year being in different conferences. So Bears fans will probably have a little bit of an eye on this game with the Bears playing the Sunday nighter in uh, week one. So Because they have both these teams as an opponent this year. So well, what do you think here? Bengals, Joe Burrow most likely back at quarterback. Uh, the Vikings still with Mike Zimmer as the head coach, still with Kirk Cousins as the quarterback. Dalvin Cook's one of the better running backs in the NFL. And the Vikings defense it usually is pretty decent uh, under Mike Zimmer. Well, Jason, you took the words right out of my mouth. Mike Zimmer is still the coach, and more importantly, Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback. Um, so I will take the plus 140 on Cincinnati, especially with Cincinnati being playing this game at home. Um, I will definitely take them to win the game outright. Um, also, I will take the plus uh, the plus the uh, plus 100 on the plus three for the Bengals as well, because again, for the aforementioned reasons, I definitely think that they're going to be coming out um, with some big time energy week one and definitely score a win by more than three points. And also, then I will go with the over on 48 and a half for minus 110, because I think this is going to be a very high scoring game. Um, as most of the games are in the NFL nowadays anyway. But um, so I will take the Bengals to not only win, but get but win by more than a field goal. And I will say they are going to be scoring a combined total of over 48 and a half points. All right, I'm sticking side again here. I'm going to go with the Bengals to win, as Kev said, but I'm going to take the points. I don't have the guts to bet them plus 140. Give me the Bengals plus the three. I want the field goal. I think they win their opener this season on their own field in Cincinnati. That'll do it for another edition of State Lines. Glad you were able to join us. Hope you enjoyed the program. We enjoyed having you listen. We'll talk to you again real soon. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.
This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.